Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, when you put up a sign for something, you, you want the message to be clear, right? It's why, it's why you put it up. Like, like all over our property, we have signs informing people of important pieces of information, especially now in this COVID season. Like there's, there's signs everywhere. Like everywhere, there's signs. It's almost like a song was written for this moment. You know what song I'm talking about? You didn't know it was going to be a Christmas musical, but I'm going to burst into song here in case you didn't, if we wondered. Signs, signs everywhere. There's signs. Who knows that song? Raise your hand. If you're watching online, you know that song. Just put the rock fingers up on the comment section. That would be awesome. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? Okay, I'm really digressing here, so let's get back on track. Um, I, I found some funny signs online uh, that I'm sure uh, didn't have the, the clearest message that they hoped. Uh, for instance, check out this first one here. This sign says, anyone caught exiting through this door will be asked to leave. (laughs) Think about that one for a second. Like, if you leave, we're going to ask you to leave. I wish I was in the board meeting for that one. Like, okay, guys, I got an idea. Hear me out. If someone leaves, we're going to ask them to leave. That'll show them, right? Uh, This next company wanted to make sure people were safe and physically distant on the stairway of wherever they were. Check out this one here. Notice the instructions in the center. To help with social distancing, please walk on the right-hand side of the stairs going up and on the left-hand side of the stairs coming down. (laughs) Think think about it. This is my right hand. Everybody, Everybody help me out. Just raise your left hand. Everybody raise your left hand. If you're watching online, raise your left hand. Okay, some of you guys are like left hand. Okay, raise your left hand. If I'm walking up on the right and you're walking down on the left, what do we do? Run into each other. Like how many frustrating run-ins happened before somebody realized the sign was wrong? That's what I want to know. Uh, This last one, I understand the sentiment. Uh, They were trying to thank and honor those great men and women who who serve our country. But if you want to thank and honor them, you might want to check your spelling before you thank them for this. Thank you for severing our country. (laughs) Sounds painful. The reality is, when when you put up a sign, you hope the message is clear. Otherwise, you won't put it up, right? And here's why I'm talking about signs. On the very first Christmas, God gave us a sign as well. It was the announcement to the shepherds that were outside of Bethlehem that that the Savior, Christ the Lord, the Messiah, had been born in Bethlehem. Then Luke 2, verse 12 says this, and you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And here's what this means for us today. It's our big idea for our Christmas sermon, and it's this. The manger was more than a sign for the shepherds. It was a message for all of mankind. The manger was more than a sign for the shepherds. It was a message for all of mankind. And before we dive into what that message was, I do want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and introduce myself to anybody who, who may not know who I am. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And whether you're joining us in person, packed house here at the 2 p.m. service, or joining us online, I'm so honored that you've chosen to celebrate Christmas with us. And my prayer for every one of us is this, that through this service today, that each of us, me included, would take one more step to experience 
life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact, which is our, uh, what we're all about here at Element. The manger was more than a sign for the shepherds. It was a, a message for all of mankind. So here's the big question we've got to ask today. What was the message of the manger? If, if the manger was a message, what was the message of the manger? Main scripture is Luke 2, 8 through 12. We've been using this all through uh, the series we've been in the last couple of weeks here at Christmas. Uh, we are looking at a number of other scriptures, though, so if you want to follow along on the screens, if that's easier, that's totally fine. You can actually follow along. You can follow my sermon notes in the free Bible app called Version. plus it's a great Bible app you can download. Or as always, not just at Christmas, we give away Bibles here every week. If you need one, don't own one, just ask for a Bible out at guest services before you go. We'll get you one free of charge. What was the message of the manger? Well, really, I mean, we, we have 35 minutes in a Christmas service to talk about it, but there's so many messages we could talk about. Uh, the, the things we've looked at just throughout our Christmas series, the, that the, the manger was a message of, of real life and true joy and lasting peace. We could talk about that, but that's not what I want to talk about uh, today. We could talk about this first thing here. The manger was a message of submission. It was a message of submission, when Jesus arrived and, and was placed in a manger, like think about that message. It was a message of submission and humility on behalf of Jesus. Uh, we touched on this in week one of the series, but, but do we fully grasp how absurd it was that Jesus was even born at all? Jesus, God in the flesh? I love the song we ended our worship set with, King of Kings. Uh, we, we sang earlier these words, to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. It's absurd what Jesus did for, for me, for you. Look at what the Apostle Paul, how he describes this submission of Jesus in Philippians 2, 6 through 11. These are some of the most profound words in all of Scripture. About Jesus, he says this, Though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name Jesus above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow! Like you don't even need to require preaching. Just read that. It's pretty powerful, right? I mean, the message of the manger is a message of submission, of humility. And by the way, we who believe in Jesus, we are commanded to follow Jesus with that same kind of humility and submission. In fact, the verses just before what we read are directed at those of us who believe. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says this, don't be selfish don't try to impress others. It's a great Christmas reminder, by the way. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And look at this. You must have 
the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And then it tells us what that attitude was, which is what we just read, that Jesus was God, but he did not hold on to his godly rights and privileges. Hello, man, we could camp out there for a while, not holding on to my rights. I can't tell you how many times in the last six months I've heard us use the word rights. Jesus let go of his godly rights and privileges. The manger was more than a sign for the shepherds. It was a message for all of mankind. And what was the message of the manger? It was a message of submission, of full humility. We could talk about that, but that's not what I want to talk about today. I'm being sneaky. We could talk about this second thing. The manger was a message of sovereignty. So much as of sovereignty, and when I say sovereignty, I don't mean like control. We say that God is a sovereign God, meaning he's in control. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say sovereignty here, I needed a word that started with S, but I also say it here because I'm talking about a kingdom, like a sovereign nation. You'll hear sometimes the sovereign nation of whatever. It's just another word for, for a kingdom, a, a country. The manger was a message about the kingdom of God that Jesus was setting up. It wasn't a kingdom like anyone was expecting. When Jesus arrived, nearly, nearly every Jewish person at the time of the birth of Christ, they were expecting a Messiah to come who would overthrow the Roman government, set up a throne in Jerusalem, the throne of King David, and rule the world from Jerusalem. They were expecting the Messiah to be a military king that would rule with power and might. And it's, it's easy to see how they might be confused that's what the Messiah would be because one of the major prophecies, one of the main prophecies about the Messiah in the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures, one of the main prophecies had some government type language in it. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, you've probably seen this somewhere during the Christmas season. It's a prophecy about the coming of the Messiah, Christ, says this, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, this is wonderful stuff here by the way, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, what's the next word? Prince of peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. So, I mean, just reading that, you see how easy it could be to get confused that the Messiah is gonna come, he's gonna be a, a king, a prince, it's going to rule with this, with this government, but from the cradle to the cross, the, the message was a message of a different kind of sovereign nation, a different kind of kingdom than anyone was expecting. I mean, if you think about it in, the, in these terms, if Jesus is the king of kings that we sang about earlier, then the first throne, the very first throne of the kingdom of Jesus on earth was a feeding trough for animals. And the last throne of the kingdom of Jesus on earth was a cross for criminals and a tomb for deceased people. That was the throne that Jesus chose. Even when Jesus was questioned by Pilate, the Roman governor who eventually had the final say in executing Jesus, when Pilate asked Jesus if he was a king that had a kingdom, Jesus said this, John 18, 36, my kingdom's not an earthly kingdom. 
If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Isn't that awesome? I wish I was a fly on the wall in that conversation. I have a kingdom, but it's not one you're thinking of. It's better than that. One of my favorite descriptions of the kingdom of God that, that Jesus was, was establishing on earth is found in Luke 17, 20 through 21, says this. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And remember, if Jesus was the Messiah, as many people claimed he was, and even Jesus himself revealed himself to be the Messiah, if he was, they were expecting him to be a military leader, to overthrow Rome, to rule the world with, with a sword, with, with, with might and power from Jerusalem. But Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. That's awesome. Uh, it, it, that, that phrase, already among you, can actually be translated from the Greek as, it's already inside you. Woo! It's Christmas. I'm going to start preaching. Like we, we could talk about how the message of a manger, of the manger was a message of sovereignty, it was the establishment of a new kingdom, the kingdom of God on earth. And it's not a kingdom detected by visible signs. It's not a kingdom of this world. It's a kingdom on the inside so that everywhere we go, we take the kingdom of God with us. I could talk about that, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Which, by the way, since I have time, let me just throw this in there. The fact that Jesus was not concerned about an earthly kingdom means we should also have way less concern about the earthly kingdoms we get so worked up about. That'll preach right there. But that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> what I want to talk about, I don't recall having ever heard or learned before in my life. I don't know if that makes me a bad pastor <laughs> a bad student. I don't, know, I don't know why I never learned it. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, which could totally be the case. I have not always been a great student of the word of God. Uh, my dad was my pastor growing up. So dad, I know you're going to be watching at least one of these services today. If you ever taught on this when I was a kid and I wasn't paying attention, I apologize. Please forgive me. You totally could have, and I just missed it. Uh, for me, what I'm about to share, just it brings so much more depth and power and meaning to an already incredible message of the manger. And, and maybe this is just for me. I don't know. Maybe you already know this. Maybe I'm, gonna, uh, I'm about to share like this profound thing, I think. I'm about, about to share this, and you're going to think, like, Jeff, I learned that like years ago. You're an idiot. I, I don't know. Maybe I will. But if you already know this, I, I do hope it will still encourages you. That will, it will encourage your soul because I've known this for months now. I've been waiting to share it here. I can't get enough of it. I've been telling my wife, I can't wait to share this. She didn't even know what it is yet. I've been telling my brother, my twin brother, I can't wait to share I told my best friend, I can't wait to share this. I haven't even told anybody what I'm about to share. The, the manger was more than a sign for the shepherds. It was a message for all of mankind. And what was the message of the manger? It was real life, true joy, lasting peace. Yes, yes, and yes. It was a message of submission and sovereignty, a, a new kingdom of God on earth. Absolutely. But friends, it's, it's like so much more than that. So much better than that. And we're going to start with just the minutes we have left here with this last thing I want us to see. The manger was a message of sacrifice. 
It's a message of sacrifice. Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus issued a decree for a census to be taken. Joseph was from the line of David. David, King David's home was Bethlehem, so Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem, which talk about the timing of God, by the way. When they got there, Mary had her firstborn son. Luke 2 verse 8 then tells us this, that night when Mary had her son, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, that's nearby Bethlehem, guarding their flocks of sheep. I, I love how sometimes the most minor details in scripture can have the most profound truth. And I read that and for the most part, I never thought anything of it. In fact, that verse may not seem very important to us. But to Luke's original audience, especially those who were Jewish, they would have immediately picked up on the religious significance of shepherds in Bethlehem because shepherds in Bethlehem were not just ordinary shepherds and the sheep were not just ordinary sheep. You see, every day, according to the Torah, the, the Jewish law, the law that God had given, every day, two lambs were required for sacrifice in the temple of God in Jerusalem. All the way back in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, God established a system that the blood of an unblemished, spotless, and perfect lamb must be shed to cover and pay for the sins of the people, not including the Passover lambs and other lambs that were sacrificed throughout the year. Every day, at least two lambs shed their blood for the sins of mankind. And, and where were these sacrificial priestly lambs born and raised? Bethlehem. They were raised in Bethlehem. For over a thousand years, from the time of King David, who was from Bethlehem and a shepherd himself before he became king, from the time of King David all the way through the arrival of Jesus and beyond, over a thousand years, the hills around Bethlehem, just six miles from Jerusalem where the temple was, was home to the hundreds of lambs that were used in the temple of God as sacrifices to God on behalf of the sins of his people. Everyone in Israel knew that Bethlehem was synonymous with sacrificial lambs. And the shepherds in Bethlehem were specifically trained for this task. They were educated by the priests in Jerusalem in what was expected in a sacrificial lamb. It was their job to make sure that none of the animals in their care were hurt or damaged or blemished. And if that wasn't amazing enough, it actually gets better. Because these lambs in Bethlehem were specifically bred as sacrificial lambs, Whenever one was born, it had to be inspected by a priest. And in order to prevent the lamb from thrashing around and harming itself before it was inspected, the shepherds would wrap these newborn lambs and then secure them with strips of cloth. Maybe like this. And then after securing them with strips of cloth, they would place them in a manger to protect them from anything around them. Come on. Some versions of the Bible use the phrase swaddling cloth. And when we think of Jesus wrapped in a swaddling cloth, we think of what we would wrap a baby in today, a full-size blanket or whatever, but, but these were actually strips of cloth. Again, maybe like this. They were used to restrain 
the sacrificial lamb when placed in the manger awaiting inspection for approval of sacrifice. <laughs> so, so these shepherds from Bethlehem who understood the significance of a sacrificial lamb being wrapped in strips of cloth and then placed in a manger when they heard the announcement of the angels, do you think something clicked? They, they were waiting for the Messiah just like everyone else was. So, so I want to read to you the Christmas story through the lens of, we all, well, of what we all just learned. And it blows me away. I'm preaching this three times today. I can't wait to preach it every single time. Luke 2, 9 through 12. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you'll recognize him by this sign. And the sign won't be a sword for a military. It won't be a crown for a king. It will not be a throne in a palace. This sign, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The Bible tells us that they rushed to find Jesus and when they saw him lying in a manger, wrapped in the claws of a sacrificial lamb, the same kind of claws they would have used on lambs themselves. Do you think the message was clear? Do you, do you think they got it? Did they understand it? I, I don't know if they understood it, but that's not the question. Uh, the real question is, do we understand the significance of Jesus being placed in a manger? That the manger was more than a sign for the shepherds. It was a message for all of mankind. And what was the message of the manger? Ultimately, it was a message of sacrifice. That Jesus, God in the flesh, had come to pay for the sins of mankind, for your sins and for mine. That no longer would we need the daily sacrifice of the blood and lamb of lambs and goats. But Jesus now would once and for all time be the lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And it was announced by wrapping him in the sacrificial claws of a lamb and placing them in, in a manger just like the sheep had been for thousands of years. First Peter 1 verses 18 and 19, the apostle Peter says this, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Born in Bethlehem, the place where sacrificial lambs were born, wrapped in strips of cloth, just like the sacrificial lambs, and then placed in a manger, ready for inspection to be sinless, spotless, unblemished, so that he 
could pay the price once and for all. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And here's why it matters so much to us. All of us have a problem. It's called sin. Not, not just that we have sinned, but when we sin, our sin separates us from a holy God. The, the bad news is we can do nothing to bridge that gap. Nothing. We, we, we can do no amount of work, no amount of effort, no amount of money can ever earn our way back to God. We can't bridge the gap. But God loved us so much. He said, I'll bridge the gap for you. I'm going to come to you, which is what makes Christianity different from every other religion on the planet. Every other religion says, do this and do that, and you'll earn your favor with whatever God that is. But God says, you can't be good enough for me, so I'm going to pursue you all the way to a cradle in the dirt. Jesus, God in the flesh, born in Bethlehem, wrapped in sacrificial claws, placed in a manger, modeled a perfect life for us, died the death that we deserve. Three days later, rose from the dead, conquering death and hell and the grave and sin forever. And then he says, by faith in me, I'll forgive you of your sin. I am the sacrificial lamb. I'll live in your heart. I'll give you power to follow me. And then one day by faith in me, you'll live with me forever. Forever. Friends, that is the message of Christmas. That's the message. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you received forgiveness of, of your sins? If not, I want to give you that chance to do that right now today. Whether you're here in the room or watching online, you can simply just cry out in faith to God by saying this prayer just silently in your heart Father in heaven I believe in Jesus that he's God in flesh the sacrificial lamb to take away my sins so Jesus I put my faith in you I believe in you please forgive me of all my sins wash me clean make me new come into my heart I repent of the way I've lived my life. I'm turning right now from my selfish, sinful way of living. And by your help, I'm going to follow you in a new way. I receive from you salvation that only you can give. Jesus, thank you for being my sacrificial lamb. Thank you for loving me enough to die. I'm going to do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today, you're watching online, and you just prayed to put your faith in Jesus, I want you to do something very bold. It's, it's safe, but it's bold, because you're gonna be doing it among people who have made the same decision. I have in my own life dozens of other people in this room, but if you're here in the room, uh, and you've put your faith in Jesus just now, I just want you to do something bold but safe. Would you just lift up your hand and leave it up and say, that's me, I just asked Jesus into my heart. Would anybody say that today? See, I think I see a hand back there. See, right there, praise God, praise God, amen. I see, see a hand right there, amen, praise God. Praise God, anybody else, just put your hand up. You put your faith in Jesus, I don't wanna miss you, amen. 
Amen. If you're watching online, just click the button that says, I commit my life to Christ. And, and we want to celebrate with you and welcome you to the family. The easiest way to do that is just by texting us the word one to the number on the screen, 41400. Text the word one to 41400. And we want to welcome you, celebrate with you. And then we got a, a, a link. It just will send you a link to a free resource, no strings attached. It's a devotional we wrote for you that will get you taking your next steps in Jesus. And I know it's not much but we wanted to give everyone a gift as you leave today. Uh, we have a strip of cloth for every family. And I want you to take one. I don't care if you use it every year, but I want you to use it this year. And I know it's not the prettiest ornament by sight, but it's the prettiest ornament that will be on your tree this year by meaning. And I want you to go home tonight. And I want you just to place it over a branch on your tree and then all night tonight, all day tomorrow, when you're opening gifts and you're doing your family traditions, I don't want you to forget that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's the greatest gift of this whole Christmas. And so on your way out, we have uh, some of our First Impressions team that will be handing these to you, one per home, one per household, if you would do that. And I think we're going to make it a tradition in our family to put it on the tree every year. The most important ornament on the tree. If you need prayer for something today, um, you can stop by the purple tent at the back of the auditorium. We're going to pray. We have a prayer team that will pray for anything going on in your life. Um, if you're online, just click the prayer button. We'll pray for you there as well. Email us, call us. Uh, we're here to serve you. Uh, pray for you however we can. I hope that was a meaningful and an impactful service for you. I hope it changes the way you maybe see Christmas a little bit. I know it has for me. Don't forget, no church this Sunday. We have an online devotional only. Uh, I'll be sharing in that devotional what I believe God has given to us as a word for the year. Um, so it's for our church, and that'll be online on Sunday. And then the next Sunday, January 3rd, we'll be back here for the new series called Broken Normal. I love you guys so much. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You're dismissed. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.